Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At the Croc, Vanessa's kids play basketball while she unwinds in yoga. And on the way home, they always share tips. That's why the Rodriguez family is famous around town for shooting hoops upside down. They can dunk from downward dog, score three-pointers from crow pose, and make hook shots in headstands. With so many activities, programs, and classes at the Croc, you never know what you'll get into. Join more than a gym when you click the link. The Croc. Get into it. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell. Will Muschamp held his midweek press conference today. South Carolina coming off the loss to Kentucky on Saturday. The Gamecocks are 2-1 and one and getting ready for Louisiana Tech. Coming up this Saturday at Williams-Brice, 3.30 kickoff this coming Saturday. So, Wes, before we turn our full attention to the Muschamp presser today, I wanted to get your thoughts on a couple things from this Kentucky game. Number one, uh, I watched the replay today, and I, I'm still somewhat dumbfounded by the fact that, you know, the Gamecocks got off to such a good start. They could not have asked for a better start to this football game. Debo catches a slant and goes 68 yards for a TD on the first play of the game, and then Kentucky turned the ball over on their first two possessions. Carolina started in Kentucky territory on their second and third possessions of the game, missed a field goal and threw a pick, and it was only six to nothing after everything had gone Carolina's way for about the first half of the first quarter. And then Kentucky put together a 13-play, 75-yard touchdown drive where they converted three third downs. Snell scored the TD to put Kentucky up seven to six, and it was really all Wildcats after that. And West, uh, third down's a real problem for the Gamecocks. Kentucky was 6 of 8 on third down in the first half, and they finished 9 of 16. The Gamecocks just 3 of 12 on third down and 1 of 3 on fourth down. So a lot of opportunity here for South Carolina Saturday night, West Fans are frustrated this week, and, and that's continued into the early part of the week. Yeah, I, I think opportunity is the word. It was a missed opportunity for for not only this team, but this program. You know, it was a chance to start 3-0. and Um you know, have a great shot at 4-0 this week. And I think that's why everybody's so frustrated. It seemed like everybody sort of pushed all their chips into the pile on this game. It was probably one of the best pre-game and early game atmospheres I've ever seen for a South Carolina-Kentucky matchup. I mean, the buzz around the stadium was incredible. And just, uh, yeah, a missed opportunity for South Carolina in that this entire fan base sort of uh, pushed all their chips in on this game. The atmosphere was outstanding. The fans were there. They were all pumped up. It, it felt like one of those games that you remember during sort of the height of the spurt. Uh, there was a big opponent in town. It was a top 25 matchup. Huge game for South Carolina. And it felt like that because everybody knew what this opportunity meant. And, uh, you know, just, uh, just missed out on it. And I think, even you know, these days with, with every game being on TV and, uh, you know, Across the country, even a lot of big games, you'll see the corners of stadiums, you know, will not quite be full, even for big, big games. And, you know, that stadium was jam-packed. Everybody was just there believing and thinking they were about to see something. Then it all came crashing down. So, Wes, not only were the problems on the field for the Gamecocks, you know, game day – 
problems at williams Bryce that I think frustrated a lot of fans, including four trains that ran outside of the stadium in the run-up to kickoff that bogged down traffic. You know, I heard on the radio yesterday that folks waited 45 minutes to move like three blocks on Rosewood Drive, you know, coming into the stadium. For a 7.30 kickoff west, generally there's a pretty steady stream of traffic and you don't generally have have to get stuck in traffic for very long, but apparently that was not the case on Saturday. Plumbing problems in the bathroom, a water pressure issue that Ray Tanner addressed in a letter to the fans already this week, and, you know, long waits at concession lines. The new pyrotechnics didn't fire off as planned for the 2001 stadium entrance, and apparently some of the fans were not happy with the new DJ. Apparently the music was a little loud for some people's taste. So, Wes, did anything go right on Saturday? For me, the first sign that we might have had this whole thing wrong was when Missouri just got smashed by Purdue uh, early in the day because yep. that 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 got my mind turning. I said, I said we you know we were very impressed with that big bike win at Missouri. So the Missouri game was sort of the first sign for me. And then you know when the pyrotechnics didn't go off as planned, Emerson like not not that any of that stuff matters on the field, but it was kind of just it was like a bad omen. And then you start to look at sort of. Um, the, the fact to me, I thought Muschamp did sort of have it right. When, when you win, people aren't near as upset about all that. It's kind of it's kind of a griping matter, but it's not a true like something that really makes people mad. And I, I think just the fact of the you know they thought that it was a possibility for a very special night, it didn't end up happening. And then you have just an opportunity down the terrain, and and everyone's a little bit upset about everything at that point. So, uh, you know, I, I thought Ray Tanner addressing the fans was a good idea, but I, I think some of what hurts them, man, is some is a lot of that build-up to the game the atmosphere and putting out the release about the new entrance and, you, you know, maybe some of that stuff, there, there's always going to be kinks game one. I think we all know that. But the fact that it was all sort of built up leading in uh, creates some expectations that, Obviously, they weren't matched. Right. Gimmicks don't win football games. You can read about that with Scott Davis this week on GamecockCentral.com. I appreciate you letting me vent here, Wes. I made the mistake of watching the replay today before the Will Muschamp press conference, and I just could not believe the first half of that first quarter. Carolina could not cash the check. Wes, Kentucky wrote the Gamecocks a check, slid it across the table, and the Gamecocks pushed it back across the table to Kentucky and said, we don't want it. So we'll close the book on this. South Carolina's 2-1, and one, and we'll turn our attention now to today's press conference and Louisiana Tech coming up 3.30 kickoff Saturday at Williams-Brice. Muschamp with a brief press conference today, only about 18 minutes. And he touched on a couple things at the outset, Wes. You know, he talked about Debo Samuel, said surgery went well. They don't have a timetable for his return. or Nobody knows at this point if Debo will be able to return this year. That's obviously a hot topic this week. Zach Bailey is out this week. He's wearing a cast. It's expected to come off on Thursday, but he will not play against Louisiana Tech. And Muschamp also said that Parker White will kick field goals this weekend. That we already knew. South Carolina missed three field goals against Kentucky on Saturday. And for kickoff return with Debo Samuel out, Muschamp said that Rashad Fenton will slide in there, and A.J. Turner will remain the off-kickoff returner as well. Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, I, I don't want to speculate too much on how long Zach Bailey might be out, but I will say this, you know, just covering this stuff for a long, long time now, high ankle sprain is a phrase that nobody ever wants to hear. Mm. You know, these student-athletes, that, that tends to be something that can linger. I, you know, obviously, we don't know how bad Zach Bailey's is, and certainly, you hope for him that it's not too bad, but that, that's a scary phrase right there. And obviously you have two 
guys there and Bailey and Debo Samuel who were sort of um, two of South Carolina's few like actual preseason all SEC type guys. Uh, so uh, obviously both those guys are a big loss. Um, you know, you look at Debo Samuel. I had wondered what direction they might go on kickoff return. I think Sean Fenton makes a lot of sense. He does have a kickoff return touchdown uh, in his career at LSU when he was a younger guy, and uh, I guess he would have been a freshman that year. And uh, But then I think offensively, as far as Debo Samuel goes, you look at the receivers, and I, I don't think it's necessarily – they use Debo Samuel in so many different ways that I, I think you probably look where a number of these receivers, Emerson, are going to have to step up and, and sort of by committee uh, do some of the things that Debo did. But I, I personally um, sort of circle – obviously Brian Edwards is going to get more targets his way, and I think he's already been solid this year. Um, maybe even a little bit quietly solid. You know, I don't think it's been quite as noticed what he's done, but I, I look at Ortre Smith, Randricus Davis, as far as that's kind of from a playing time perspective, I think that's sort of the next man up as one of those two guys. But from a production standpoint, you also look at them, Brian Edwards, maybe more passes to, uh, to Shy Smith, and, and then I, I think maybe you look at Casey Crosby. He hasn't been talked about much this year, but he's – proven to be a pretty reliable threat in the passing game, I think you maybe get more balls out towards him. So I think this is just going to have to be a more balanced attack in the passing game for South Carolina. Wes Muschamp said that one man's misfortune is another man's opportunity. So which receiver will move into Debo's starting receiver slot? Yeah, I think it, I think from a literal standpoint, it will either be Ortrace Smith or Rancherickus Davis. It's going to be one of those two guys. Uh, but like I said, I think from a target standpoint and production standpoint, it's probably going to be spread out among, among all those guys. But I, I thought uh, lost in all the disappointment for them on Saturday, I, I thought it was pretty impressive for a guy like Ortrey Smith to come in there. He hasn't played a ton this year. It's fourth down. South Carolina's only chance to stay in the game is to make a play, and Ortrey goes out and, and catches the football in the back of the end zone. Uh, so I thought that was big. They, you know, they've been high on Randrikus Davis for a long time. Um, if you would have asked the South Carolina coaching staff at the end of last year who they thought their starters were going to be, Randrikus Davis would have been one of the three names they would have mentioned. So this is a guy they've always sort of seen as a starter. And I, I think um, when he talks about those opportunities, Randrikus Davis and Ortre Smith are, are the two guys that, that really stick out to me. Plus. Like I said, I think Casey Crosby probably becomes a bigger part of the offense as well. All these receivers are going to have to step up. Maybe Ortre Smith will be the first man in line to take over for Debo, but surely Dreek Davis, Shai Smith, more opportunities coming for them. Maybe Casey Crosby as well. I think it would be nice to get him involved. And Hayden Hurst is going to be leaned on a little bit more moving forward, you would have to believe. Gamecock Central Radio, Emerson Phillips with Wes Mitchell. You can download our free Gamecock Central Radio phone app on the App Store and on Google Play. It allows you to listen to our podcast on your cell phone or mobile device advice subscribe to our podcast search for Gamecock Central Radio on iTunes SoundCloud and other popular services or visit radio.gamecockcentral.com and call the Gamecock Central hotline and leave your questions for Wes Mitchell and Chris Clark to answer on our upcoming game day podcast you got a question about Louisiana Tech or about the Gamecock football team call the GC hotline 803-497-9058 Wes and Chris will answer your questions 803-497-9058. So, Wes, we look forward to Louisiana Tech now. And if you would ask me at the start of the season what the one sleeper game 
or the trap game of the year would be, I would have said Louisiana Tech because this is a ball club that won nine games a year ago. They beat Navy in their bowl game. They were one of the most prolific offenses in the history of college football a year ago, and their head coach is Skip Holtz, a former Gamecock assistant who makes his return to Williams-Brice on Saturday, and I would think this game means a lot to Skip, and he will convey that to this Louisiana Tech team coming up on Saturday. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a tough matchup for South Carolina. Um, there, I can already tell you from a fan base perspective, there's probably going to be a bit of a hangover. Um, it's not going to be the crowd that it was this past week, so that's going to hurt as you know, a middle of the day game as opposed to a night game. Um, yeah, this, this team has to find a way to, to refocus. I, I think that's something that that Muschamp mentioned in the press conference as well. But but it's it's true. It's not just coach speak. They've got to refocus, um, sort of get all of those visions of three and zero and four and zero out of their head and and go play ball because if they don't execute against this team. Louisiana Tech will beat them. They they have some good players. You don't put up those numbers without good players. And we obviously all know they're going to have a good scheme of things, especially on offense. They've got a running quarterback who can make things happen with his legs, um, or or a capable of running quarterback, I should say. From what Taylor Stallworth was saying today, he's one of those guys that will keep his eyes downfield and use his legs to create plays in the passing game. So, you know, it's a tough matchup for South Carolina. Obviously, They'll be favored, but I, I still could see this be a you know a fourth quarter game for the Gamecocks. Yeah, the game opened as a ten and a half point line. Carolina favored by ten and a half. It has since dropped to eight and a half. Wes, I'm telling you right now, Skip Holtz is telling his team that the Gamecocks are licking their wounds right now. He understands how important the Kentucky game was, and I think he sees an opportunity for Louisiana Tech. I think the Gamecocks have really got to embrace the challenge this week of getting the emotion level back up. It's hard to do coming off a deflating loss like the one to Kentucky on Saturday, so a real challenge for South Carolina to come and play sharper, play better, and try to get the season back on track. The Gamecocks' goals are all still out in front of them. One loss to Kentucky will not wreck the Gamecocks' season, but they've got to regroup quickly, and it's going to be tough to do with no Debo Samuel, no Zach Bailey. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a um, of a gut check for this team, which, you know, if they answer that, it's not necessarily a bad thing from that standpoint. But, you know, the, the season is still so young. This is now, obviously, as the next game, is now the biggest game of the year because, if they win, they're all of a sudden they're at three and one. You know they were still they were still underdogs in two of the first three games, and they're sitting at two and one. So uh, big picture, they I think they probably feel like Kentucky stole one from them. Big picture, they're going to have several opportunities down the road to steal one from a team that'll be favored over them. So uh, you know they've just got to focus, get through this game, find a way to win three and one, and then go on the road to A and M, which is. It's going to be tough in that environment, but it's a winnable game. And, you know, if, from a South Carolina perspective, if they still won from A&M, then they're, they're right back on track. So um, I think that the team has to, avo- has to avoid some of the mindset of the fan base right now in that the season is not remotely over. Um, what, what were we saying three games into the season last year? There was still so much that played out in front of us from this point on last season. So who knows what the story of this season will be for the Gamecocks. Wes Muschamp was asked about the running back situation. You know, maybe the most asked question surrounding Gamecock football since the end of the Kentucky game is why didn't Tyson Williams get a single carry? 
But Muschamp, I thought, did a pretty good job of addressing that. It certainly was not by design. Only 13 rushes for Gamecock running backs in this game on Saturday. And as we look at the snap count, Muschamp went over this in the presser today. Rico Dallow was on the field 27 plays. Tyson Williams was on the field 21 plays. And A.J. Turner was out there for 11. So Turner got five carries and 11 snaps. Tyson Williams was on the field 21 plays, and it just he didn't get a single carry. West they ran some options that Bentley checked to passing plays, and Williams never got the football. That's just kind of the way it worked out this weekend. Yeah, it is kind of the way it happened. I think that, uh, like you said, Muschamp did a good job of explaining that. I think moving forward, they're going to have to make it more, and I think Muschamp hinted at it, they're going to have to make a more conservative effort to make sure he's getting carries. But I think, you know, for South Carolina, they were down in the football game. The running game, you know, you look at the first little bit of the of the game, they had several three and outs in a row following, obviously, the big play to Debo. Several three and outs in a row where they were trying. You could tell they were trying to establish the run, and it just was not clicking. And then they were down in the football game, and I think at times they felt like they had to throw. And then other times, when you're running these RPOs, these run-pass options, it, it's literally, whether it's a run or pass, is going to be based on what Bentley sees with pre-snap, and in a lot of cases, within the play. You know, it's a built-in run and a pass. So, um, in some ways, they have made a more concerted effort to say, we're going to make sure Tyson Williams gets the ball. Looking back, hindsight being 20-20, obviously. But with the way the game played out, you're really probably not thinking about those things as it goes. You're just looking for the best option on a given play. And for South Carolina, a lot of times that they felt like, and the defense dictated that it, it was a pass. So um, I, I think the snap count numbers there sort of bring in a little more focus into how that happened. Wes, how will the offensive line be shuffled this week with Zach Bailey out? Uh, well, you know, there won't be a lot of shuffling to it just because Dennis Daly had already sort of moved into that left tackle spot. So Malik Young is actually right back at right tackle where he started a bunch of games last year and where he filled in for Zach Bailey on this past Saturday. So, uh, you know, you'll have left to right. It'll be Dennis Daly, Donnell Stanley, Alan Knott at center, Corey Helms at right guard, and then Malik Young filling in at right tackle for, for South Carolina there and direct replacement of Zach Bailey. All right, the Gamecocks and Louisiana Tech coming up on Saturday. Both teams are 2-1 and one with Louisiana Tech beating Northwestern State in the opener. They got blown out at Mississippi State 57-21, to but we see this past weekend that Mississippi State's a pretty good football team with the way they whipped LSU. And this past Saturday, West Louisiana Tech won at Western Kentucky. That's been a, you know, a big opponent for them and a rivalry game for Louisiana Tech in recent years, and they won that game on a last-second field goal road win for Louisiana Tech. So I think they're coming in confident that they, they can find a way to upset South Carolina. It's going to be a real test Saturday at 3.30. Yeah, I don't know that many Gamecock fans are excited about this ball game. Certainly no one had this one circled prior to the start of the year, and that really has not changed. You know, the loss to Kentucky has not helped increase anyone's enthusiasm for this ball game. So the Gamecocks will have to be on point, Wes. Yeah, and they're, they're, they're going to have to get excited, man. And You know, this is uh... – this is an opportunity, maybe, maybe for a bigger game. You don't take your whole family out to the game because the tickets are a little more expensive, uh, a little bit harder to get. This is a game where, hey, you can probably take all the kids and, you know, maybe take your take your buddy you haven't seen in a while. If you're South Carolina, sort of take advantage of a little bit cheaper ticket because this team is going to need the fans in the stadium. 
Uh, you know, every, everybody likes to complain, but, you know, in this case, fans can actually do their part by filling that stadium up and creating a true road atmosphere because it's not like Louisiana Tech is going to see atmospheres like that every single week, so they can truly affect this game. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Louisiana Tech hitting a field goal to win the game, and it just sort of triggered in my mind again to mention if South Carolina is going to have the season that they want to and need to have to make progress, the, the kicking game just absolutely has to get better. There's really no way around that because, I mean, what have we talked about all off season is that there are multiple games. Pretty much this entire schedule is a game of South Carolina could win this game or South Carolina could lose this game. They're going to have so many games in the balance in the fourth quarter and how many of those games do we see come down to a kicker just in general in college football? So, uh, you know, Parker White gets his chance this week. Um, body language-wise, Parker White, trying not to read into it, Parker White just looks a little more comfortable, a little more calm out there to me. Um, we'll see if that can sort of play out when he's getting to attempt some more makeable field goals as opposed to those longer field goals and, and sort of see how that happens. But that that's... To me, that's as big of a question or concern yep. for this team as any. They've got to fix the kicking game. Yeah, the place-kicking game was a train wreck Saturday against Kentucky. Three missed field goals and a missed extra point. So it'll be Parker White out of Wando High School handling the place-kicking duties for the Gamecock Saturday. 3.30 start, West with that early kick time. You figure the crowd won't be probably quite as well lubricated as they were this past Saturday for Kentucky. So you're right. It'll be a good day to bring the family. Yeah, bring the fam out. Um It'll be a little bit different atmosphere, but uh, still very, very. I mean, like I said, this is um, this is the most important game of the season because if they win this game, then they can sort of just start to move on. If they lose this game, then I mean, it's ugly really fast. Right, and I venture to say we won't have plumbing problems in the restrooms or long waits at the concession lines this week. So, all right, Wes, appreciate your time today reviewing the Will Muschamp press conference, and we'll turn our attention to Louisiana Tech with plenty more coverage coming this week on Gamecock Central. Thanks, Wes. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. That's Wes Mitchell. I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. Call the GC hotline this week. Get your questions in. We'll play a recording of your voice on Saturday's game day podcast with the Gamecocks hosting Louisiana Tech. Thanks for joining us. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.